You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, October 24th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my work at JustBaseball.com, where I write about the Padres and other baseball things in general. You can also find me on Twitter, at Javapena, where I tweet a bunch of memes, usually, usually memes. Not only, but usually a whole bunch of memes there. Twitter.com. Great website. At Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And then at L-O underscore Padres for all my game thoughts on the Padres exclusively. Today's episode of Lockdown Padres is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with fast protecting technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24-7 monitoring agents capture... Oop burp there capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response there's no safe like simply safe visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown lb to learn more on today's episode everybody oh boy oh boy it's a eulogy for the san diego padres ladies and gentlemen their season has come to an end and man is there a lot to talk about i don't know how long this episode's gonna go to be perfectly honest with you it might go a while because there's a lot a lot to talk about. Um, I think we should start off by saying, look, congrats to the Phillies. And I mean that because I, I really don't want to do the thing where you sort of, whether indirectly or directly, like cheapen the team that beat you, right? You don't want to do that, right? You don't want to do this thing where you start saying, oh, well, if we just did this, if we just did that. You don't want to do that because the Phillies were really incredible in this series. You saw guys like Schwarber, guys like Reese Hoskins really step up, unfortunately, unlike the Padres' um, secondary bats and really just go off. And then Bryce Harper, we're going to talk about that especially um, to start off. We're going to talk about yesterday's game, but the Phillies deserve a lot of credit. And I imagine, to be honest with you, as someone who is still just a baseball person, and I, I mentioned I write about them, right? Like, I'm still probably going to watch the World Series and very likely very hard for, or not very hard, that's not a right way to say it, but I'll have a leaning to root for the Phillies over the Astros to win the World Series. Although, granted, it's it's kind of whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be upset if I miss the games. So congrats to the Phillies. Played one heck of a series, and I do mean that. It was a heck of a series. I know that the Padres ended up losing 4-1, um, but it really was pretty good. I, I really do believe that. We had a lot of close games, including yesterday's. You had an onslaught of offense in Saturday's game. Friday's game was close, too. Like, close, I, I really do think good baseball. And this Yankees ALCS versus the Astros, for example, the exception of the game that's going on right now while I record this, uh, you know, not a great series. So at least I'm thankful for that. And we'll get into other things about the Padres in a little bit. But let's talk about yesterday's game. Um, I don't know where to start. Let's first start with the easy stuff, which is you, Darvish, yet again coming up big for the team, going uh, six innings, two earned runs. He did walk three, which was actually the most he's walked in, in quite some time, um, actually since September 8th against the Diamondbacks. That's the most walks that Darvish has allowed, but still only two earned runs. He had five Ks, pitching through the rain. He was good. Darvish was good, and I had almost no doubt about that. Darvish was... 
truly unbelievable this year uh, when you think about his age and everything. And he deserves, to be honest with you, a whole episode just dedicated to you, Darvish. Um, and I'm definitely going to be doing that, uh, stuff like that, focusing on players in the offseason for sure. Um, but let's continue. Um, and on the other side of things, for the Phillies, Zach Wheeler equally as good. Six innings, two earned runs on three hits, no walks, eight Ks. I did like that the Padres clearly approached him a little bit better this time, or at least a little bit better. But granted, it was still really hard uh, to, to hit Zach Wheeler. And that's fine, because that's what was to be expected. I'm not going to hate the offense because of them not being able to hit Zach Wheeler. Let's get into what really matters. I think we need to just jump right into it. We got to talk about Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin. Um Because there's a lot of decisions that were made this weekend. And again, at the top of this podcast, I want to be clear. I don't want to make it sound like this is only making excuses. Because the the Padres, you know, bottom line is the Phillies were the better team. And I don't like doing this thing where you just scapegoat and say, this is the only reason we lost. Look, they did beat us. Let me be very clear about that. That being said, the decision in this game to not bring in Josh Hader to face... Bryce Harper, arguably one of the five most feared hitters in baseball. You, you put him up there with with Trout. You put him up with him up there with um, what's his face with 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 Manny Machado. Even you put him up there with Jordan Alvarez, who's still in the playoffs as we speak. Aaron Judge, like really one of the best players in baseball, and he's a guy who deserves a lot of credit. He's been on fire in the postseason. In fact, I think he's hitting like over four hundred, and. They elect to have Robert Suarez, who, in fairness, had been very, very good for the Padres all playoffs and, to be honest with you, all season. And um, somebody actually responded to me saying, I think it was a um, longtime uh, tweeter and listener of the show, Rama Murdy, I think mentioned, like, you know, it's it's almost like, of course, the season begins with Robert Suarez imploding and it ends, it looks like, with Robert Suarez imploding. So that was a good point made by my guy there. Um, look, it's uh, here's my thing. Here's my thing. This is going to be rightfully compared to the Buck Showalter scenario. Buck Showalter scenario, of course, everybody very famously, Zach Britton, one of the great single seasons of, of closing games. He led the league in saves. ERA was under one for Baltimore, and he didn't even bring him in in an elimination game. I don't think it's quite the same as that, just because that was a one-game playoff, like wild card, while this is a thing where you have to if you're Melvin, you have to be like, okay, do we want to use Hater now? He hasn't pitched in a while. It's been a few days, right, and all that stuff. But my issue is, fundamentally, if the Bry- if Bryce Harper is going to beat you, I want him to go up against our best. And I know that we- that wasn't the case a while ago. But Hater clearly has had gotten it back, um, especially towards the end of the season, the last week of the season, and in the playoffs. And they like to not do that, and then Robert Suarez gets taken deep in what was a really tough at-bat. In fairness, it's not like Harper got thrown a a donut on pitch number two, right? This was not what happened in Saturday's game, which, believe me, we will be talking about. Um, You know, fought off a bunch of pitches, and then Harper takes him deep. It was the worst-case scenario, and it happened. My big issue is two things about this decision. One, I understand our right, hater has a pitch in a little bit. Maybe you like a matchup with Suarez. Suarez, let's remember, had been very good before this, right? But last game against the Phillies, he gave up a run on two hits, right? And then most importantly, he already pitched an inning before this. 
So you're asking him to potentially go two innings against the top of their order, all right? And you had a chance to redeem yourself. It's not like Harper was the first batter. JT Realmuto gets a hit. You could see it on his face. And I tweeted out, I don't like this matchup. And I'm not giving myself props when I say that, right? What I'm trying to say is, when I tweeted out, I don't like this matchup before the home run happened, I'm trying to, I'm pointing that out because everyone probably felt the same as me. And I think it says a lot that every Padres fan, everyone in attendance was like, oh no, this is bad. And don't get me wrong, Suarez put up a fight. Like I said, Harper filed off a lot of tough pitches. That shouldn't be lost on this. I, I do think that in defense of Melvin, Suarez tried there. But for me, it's as simple as you got your best, we bring in ours. I don't really care about, you know, the next game or if Hater can't go that far. Try it. And if if God forbid he starts stinking in the ninth inning, okay. Like that happens. But wouldn't you rather see if you can get it with him versus Josh Hader or versus Robert Suarez, who had already given up a hit to JT Romuto? That's my thing. And again, it was a tough at bat. I'm gonna keep repeating that. Harper fouled off some tough pitches. I really do believe that. But I just feel like you should be bringing in your best. If you're going to lose, you lose like that. And it's disappointing. And a lot of people are going to rightfully criticize Bob Melvin for this series. Um, now, I think that people need to be careful because I think he'd done clearly a very good job at keeping the team afloat. you got to give them some credit. Maybe they knew how to approach guys. We don't know about the behind the scenes. But bottom line is they were better this year. Every time the pods were having a really bad stretch and it looked like the collapse was happening... They came back, right? Beating teams like the Mets, beating teams like the Dodgers. So don't want to go too far as to say this is all on him, but it certainly wasn't a good look uh, for the guy. It wasn't a good look. And by the way, that doesn't even mention another situation that happened. Top of the ninth inning, season on the line, you get some big walks. You get some big walks. And by the way, I should also mention, the fact that you know the top of your lineup isn't coming to the plate Meaning, uh, it, it's going to be, you know, Hassan Kim and Drury. The fact that you know you're not going to get Manny and Soto, like for a fact, makes me think even more. Let's just try and continue this to the next inning. Let's get Hater to get rid of inning eight, and maybe, you know, maybe we can uh, figure things out a little bit later. That's just me. I don't like knowing that if Robert Suarez blows it here, you don't have the top of your lineup. That's my big issue. And then on top of that. Last inning, first and second. Didn't mean to get off track there. Trent Grisham at the plate. After some tough tough at-bats, get a walk from Kim, get a walk from Brandon Drury. When Robertson clearly was a mess. And by the way, Phillies did it right. They saw he was weird. I mean, in fairness, he was weirder than Robert Suarez. He nearly hit Hassan Kim. Nearly hit Brandon Drury. He was super off. Took him out. Bring in Ranger Suarez. We don't care. We're just bringing him in, and I don't care if he's a potential starter for us down the road. We're using him right now. I thought that was a good, that was a smart move. And what do the Padres do? Trent Grisham bunts. He bunts on the first pitch. By the way, that should also be mentioned. Runners move up. Maybe he was trying to bunt for a hit, catch them off guard. I don't know. And in fairness, Trent Grisham had been pretty poor. Uh, in this series. In fact, he was 0 for 0 for, I think. 
like eight strikeouts, something like that. I think Kevin Acey tweeted about it. Let me pull that up really quickly. Um, he had been terrible in the series. So let's be clear. Uh, this isn't like an easy let Grisham hit necessarily, let him swing away. But yeah, 0 for 17 with nine strikeouts in the NLCS. And then 0 for 18 after that. So my thing is, this is not necessarily a reflection only of Bob Melvin, but just the team in a nutshell, that they were saying we'd rather give up an out, right? Just give them, give them a free out instead of using someone off the bench, using Jorge Alfaro, who I know people brought up, and I understand he hadn't taken any batting practice in a while. But bottom line is, everyone watching that is like, you just give him a free out, and then Austin Nola comes out. Of course, brother of Aaron Nola, first pitch fly out. And I don't want to hate too much on Austin Nola, but man, do I hate, hate, hate first pitch outs. I really do. It is my number one thing. I brought this up in the start with Zach Wheeler for a while. I was upset with that one. It's just, it's really unfortunate that the season ended like that. You have Ranger Suarez coming in. You might be able to make a comeback here. Bring it back to Petco. And instead, two pitches for Ranger Suarez. So he ain't even messed up for the next series. You know what I mean? You didn't even make him work for practice the next day. He, he's going to be right, ripe and go. He even have to though, throw 10 pitches. And oh, maybe he's like, all right, yeah, give me a second today, coach. Hold on. No, he was just right. It's just really poor decision there. I didn't like the Grisham thing at all. And I understand he was bad. Just swing away, man. You know what I mean? Don't do this bunt thing, right? You get a single, you can tie the game anyway. You know what I mean? It's not like you're changing things all that much. You know? You're not. It's not like there were zero outs and you decide to move the runners up. All right, okay, maybe. I can understand that. Want to avoid the double play? Okay, I get that. Maybe that's what they were thinking, but it's one out. Didn't like that decision from Grisham and company. Uh... And by the way, this Trent Grisham series, a reminder of why you're allowed to praise someone for having a good playoffs and not say, actually, yeah, he is pretty good. No, Trent Grisham's not very good. He just had an out of body, as I tweeted about on Twitter. He was the, that was our insanity these past two weeks of Trent Grisham. Uh, it really was. Pre-NLCS Grisham was insanity. Just two weeks of, oh my God, I can't believe this guy is doing all this. He looks like what we had hoped he wanted him, uh, what we wanted him to be in the past. Man, it's just a really rough way to end it. Um, I don't want to hate on Philadelphia. I don't want to do that thing. Hating on the Dodgers, I absolutely will do. Some crazy tweets out there you could find if you really try. One of which I brought up, which was them saying the Padres fans think they're special. The Dodgers have had a bunch of teams beat them in the playoffs. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. And this is from a Dodger fan. It's not like some neutral fan who was bringing this up. So you just twisted around that because you guys blow the series and the playoffs to everybody, that it's actually not impressive. What, 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 it's unbelievable what people will do. It's unbelievable. It's almost commendable, really. But yeah, uh, it was rough. Um, and it was a heartbreaker. I really thought they had it. I really did. I thought they were going to go back to Petco. I'm not saying they would have won the series, but I think that I really felt it. And then right when that inning started, after because remember, Suarez had a great inning. To start things off. You know? I'm using today's episode almost as just like a, a group therapy session. So whoever's listening, this is for you. But man, absolutely rough. So rough, I, I just have my hood up. And I'm not even putting on my Padres hat. I mean, I'll put it on for a second. For a second. But for people who are watching the YouTube, go check out Locked on Padres on YouTube. 
But we're not done with that. Let's continue talking about Bob Melvin's decisions. Um, we need to talk about Saturday's game. Because one of the things people complain about, Padres' offense hasn't shown up. Obviously, you have game one in which Zach Wheeler completely shuts them down. Then you have the second game when they show up a bit. They have that immaculate inning. And then you have Saturday's game in which the Padres' offense absolutely did show up. Four runs in the first inning off of a guy named, uh, what's his name? Brian Falter. Bailey Falter, sorry. Which is a pretty poor name. Uh, for someone who plays sports, falter, and he faltered, um, and he was he was pretty bad, giving up four earned runs um, after just the Padres absolutely jump on him. A May Machado home run when he silences the crowd. Machado living off of negative energy from the crowd. He loved that. Drury getting a double and Hassan Kim driving one into. It felt good, but then the sadness begins, and we got to talk about it. Got to talk about Mike Clevenger. I think that I tweeted this out yesterday that I actually thought that not bringing in Hader was more of a mistake by Bob Melvin versus starting Mike Clevenger. It's close. And here's why it's close. On the one hand, I think Hader was a lot more like, no one's going to hate the decision if you bring this guy in. With Clevenger, it's like, all right, they probably headed into that game, especially evidenced by the fact they bring in Manaya later, that they were like, okay. We're just going to try and get two innings out of him. He's gonna. It's going to be piggyback type of start. It's going to be a bullpen game. And they do that. But he can't get a single goddamn out. Zero innings, three earned runs on three hits, and a walk. They had to take him out. Had to take him out. Hoskins gets a home run, and Bryce Harper gets a double. Can't even make it past the first, just like the Phillies guy. But the Phillies guy at least got a couple outs, which is wild, right? I tweeted this out as well. I've been plugging the Twitter a lot today. Apologies if that's been a little bit annoying. It is so frustrating as a fan. For me, at least. This has always been a thing of mine. It's never been, oh, when the umps are against us, or whatever. And I'm not saying that happened in this series. Or, oh my gosh, our superstars didn't come up clutch. Or, oh my gosh, injuries. For me, the most frustrating thing as a fan is when guys regress to a level that's like such a steep decline, it just drives you insane, right? What I mean by that is Mike Clevenger, Sean Manaya, all they had to do was be okay. Four innings combined from them, maybe, maybe three earned runs, two earned runs between the two of them, that's all they were really asking for. And you can't do that. Gives up a home run to Hoskins, I should bring up, uh, Sean Manaya, Then gives up a double to Harper and a single to Nick Castellanos, who'd been struggling. Um, hmm. How do I put this? Those guys are just busts. And Clevenger deserves... I, I don't want to rag on the guy too much. I already have in the past for not liking how he talked about Tatis so boldly and provocatively considering his own history of... Just frankly, I'm not getting into the politics of it, but which is crazy to say that's politics of it. But just the fact that bottom line is he broke a rule back in 2020 very, very boldly. And that let down the team when he gets suspended and when there could be a potential outbreak that prevents your team from playing like that was a selfish thing to do. And for you to come out against Tatis the way he did, I, I, I didn't like that. But 
He talked about it in the post game. I felt bad. He said, look, this is one of the worst days of my life. And I was like, I don't wish that upon anybody. That's really rough. But the bottom line is he, he was a bust as a Padre. Um, a lot of people are bringing up the trade. We're going to go over that. We got a lot of stuff to do this offseason. Let me tell you, we're going to revisit that trade, revisit everything Mike Clevenger, but he was atrocious. None of the off-speed stuff was working. Everybody tees off on the fastball, throws an absolute donut to, um, what's his face, Reese Hoskins. Hey, man. I mean, it, it was rough. It was rough. And the big question is, why did Melvin leave him in? Or more importantly, why was he starting? I think that I haven't decided how much to blame Bob Melvin on this, but bottom line is it's not entirely him that his pitcher couldn't even get go in there and get you an out. You know what I mean? At some level, this falls on players. But that being said, I can't help but feel like just start the game with Nick Martinez. It's not like he's never started a game before. That's my biggest thing. If you were saying, let's start it with Suarez. or Nick Martinez was the number five starter for the San Diego Padres at the beginning of this year and for like the first few weeks of the season until uh, you know Snell came back, until Clevenger came back, right? Like He was the guy, and Mackenzie Gore, who I almost forgot about. He was the five starter. He was okay, right? But he'd been on fire this postseason. Started off with him because he was great in this game. Three innings, no hits, no walks, three Ks. I mean, he was unbelievable. He had an unbelievable postseason. Um, such an unbelievable postseason that he might opt out and we might lose him. We'll talk about that in the offseason as well. Really, really rough. Luis Garcia gives up a run, Stephen Wilson. But the Padres tried. Soto gets a home run in this game. Two RBIs. He came up big. Same thing with Manny. The stars did come through in this game. You even got um, two RBIs from Brandon Jury, two hits from Hassan Kim. The offense did show up, but it was just too much from Philadelphia. And Manaya and Clevenger, in my opinion, the LVPs of the series for sure, um, that this series, if you had to blame players, it would be on them. Because you guys couldn't even go in and be like productive for an inning. You know what I mean? Like that's a, Just get some ground outs and get lucky. No, no, no. It was just bomb after bomb. And it's rough to watch. Really quickly, ladies and gentlemen, I need to talk to you about something that doesn't blow up and doesn't blow leads and what have you. All right. It's been a little bit. Yeah, 20 minutes without doing an ad thing. Let me talk to you guys. As everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. But when it comes to saving money, when it comes to keeping you safe, Simply Safe, great name for a, a company, by the way, always stays on top. And right now you can save big. With Simply Safe Home Security, they're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. And it was just named, by the way, the best home security of 2022 by U.S. News. Love it. You'll love it too. It's awesome. Because your safety is the only thing that matters at Simply Safe. You know, I've mentioned on this podcast, I used to get scared. Oh, mommy, there are robbers on the roof. I would get scared. Well, Simply Safe gives you the peace of mind, knowing that whatever happens, that people are on standby 24-7. And when a threat is detected, monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. It's really cool stuff, 24-7, and it's under a dollar a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. They keep you safe. Nothing much to it, guys. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Remember... 
and get 40%, 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash MLB today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash MLB. Locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. Let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. As I'm watching this, it seems that the Astros have taken the lead over the Yankees, so it is looking like it is going to be Astros, Phillies, in the World Series. Um, Friday's game, there isn't much to necessarily talk about because, to be honest, a lot of my thoughts I, I lost on my file that I had, my notes app, it deleted it. But Joe Musgrove, five and two-thirds, he gives up four runs, not his best start in the world for sure. But unfortunately, the Padres really couldn't hit Ranger Suarez, who I really thought they were going to. Uh, five innings, one earned run on two hits. Um, it's funny because one of the things I mentioned in Friday's episode was Musgrove against guys like Kyle Schwarber could be really rough, right? Against these off-speed sort of pitches, and that's what happened, unfortunately. Um, and that stunk. And then they couldn't hit any of the bullpen guys for the rest of the game. Um, and that was the biggest thing, right? I think that this offseason... This, this playoff series um, is a, a reminder of, once again, why you try. Because the Philadelphia Phillies for years have been a team that has had a really poor bullpen, right? And they found some guys. Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Zach Eflin in the bullpen. Not too bad for them either. In this game, he actually get, goes an inning without giving up a run. And then they also trade for David Robertson. And they didn't have a lot of farm system left, Right. They just said, all right, give us Brandon Marsh and Noah Syndergaard and David Robertson. Like, all right, it's not the best, but we're still going to try anyway because why not, right? And they did, and they deserve a lot of credit for that because those players were certainly helpful in a lot of ways. Noah Syndergaard pitched pretty well for them too. Um, Yeah, not much to say on that end. Bottom line, Padres didn't score. And again, look, it's tough. This was really tough, man. Um, this was really tough. They tasted the World Series. It would have been one of the great runs to the World Series, even if they were going to get killed by whoever was in the World Series. Personally, I definitely think that the Astros would have beat them. Um, I just think the Astros are built from top to bottom really well, and you can't just only win with stars. This is not the NBA. Um, and I know there's a lot of questions. Um, what do the Padres do from here? Brandon Jury isn't guaranteed. Josh Bell isn't guaranteed. Mike Clevenger is a free agent. Sean Manai is a free agent, right? Are they going to extend Juan Soto? Personally, I don't think so. I don't smell that, <laughs> at least not immediately, um, because he still does. That's one of the reasons he costs so much uh, of a prospect haul because um, of the fact that he has some years of club control. We'll see how that goes. And then, of course, you're going to have the other big elephant in the room, Fernando Tatis Jr. How does he come back? Can he come back? Um, well and healthy and can he be big because that's one of the reasons they love the Soto trade right because you were going to have Tatis Soto Manny and that was going to be a deadly deadly three threesome right but for now instead we sit here and we have to think about you know what went wrong and it, it stinks because you know I mentioned this in my now uh, the one thing I did say about Phillies fans is I saw a little bit of a bit going around that their fans are just so much better um, and it's because they're louder, which may be very true. Um, but again, be very careful. I don't want you guys saying that um, as, as a negative now and using it to besmirch Padres fans who have been showing out for this team for a while. 
Um, and they had the fifth best attendance in baseball this year. Phillies were 16th. And before people say, well, the Phillies didn't have stars before then. They spent how much money on Castellanos and Shorber in the offseason? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you headed into this year not having anything. You know? They actually had quite a few stars. Oh, well, that's just this year. Okay, 2021 too. They were 14th in attendance or 15th. Okay? 2020, we didn't have it. 2019, they were 10th. Congrats. Your first year of Bryce Harper, you find, you figured to show up. Congrats on that. So, I'd be careful on that. It's the only little beef I have with the Phillies fans. But otherwise... Um, again, congrats to them, but sheesh. I mean, I don't really have much else to say other than I really disagree with the decisions Bob Melvin made, um, particularly Josh Hader, because I feel like just bring him in first and second. Maybe you get a double play. It's not like Bryce Harper is above putting the ball on the ground because of how hard he sometimes hits the ball. Maybe he, maybe he scoops it there. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he still hits the home run. But at least you're like, you know what? You put in the best guy. If Suarez, this was his first inning, I think even that would provide a little bit more of, of leeway, a little bit more understanding to why Josh Hader wasn't brought in. You could say, all right, this is his first inning, though, and Robert Suarez is good. I get it. But you could see he was rousing, man. You see that the crowd was going nuts. That's what's always rough when you're a fan, right? When you're watching these players and teams make decisions that you're like, am I the only one that feels this? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really tough. But then again... He was good in the previous inning, but, oh, my God, man. It's tough. It's tough. Very tough. Give me a lot of decisions going forward. We have to see what the Padres do in the offseason. What are the free agent acquisitions going to be, if any? What trades are they going to do, right? You know A.J. Preller ain't done. He's going to do stuff. How do they replace guys like Clevenger and Benaya? Granted, after saying that, I am now laughing because it's like, mm, might not take much to replace those guys. I'm not trying to be mean, but that's the truth. Um, what's going to happen with Nick Martinez? Is he going to opt out of his contract? Again, I stand by that. Did not like that contract when they gave it to him. I don't like, how did he earn player options like this? Where he can just opt out if he's good or stay attached to them if he's bad. At he might opt out and get a really handsome deal. I, I keep getting Drew Pomeranz vibes from him, who unfortunately is still hurt. Thought he was going to be able to come back for the pods. Um, he didn't. But, you know, that's that's what I'm my vibes I'm getting, where he's going to get, like, a, a nice, decent deal for a team that really wants a long-inning reliever who can even occasionally start sometimes. And that was what was fun about Nick Martinez. He has a swagger to him. I was dead wrong uh, back in July when they signed him. I forgot when they signed him. No, it was probably before then. But I, I was critical of it. I changed my mind. But, man, he, I mean, he, he had a great season. Um, but yeah, overall, really disappointing ending. I really thought they were going to bring it back to Petco. Um, and they didn't. And this is what happens. This is sports. This is how it works. For anyone saying, how can you beat the Dodgers and Mets, two 100-win teams, but then lose to the Phillies? Well, baseball is just a different sport, right? Baseball is a sport where if you get hot for a series, you can, anyone can beat anybody, Right? So it's unfair to look at this and say, well, if you beat the Dodgers, how can you not beat the Phillies? Maybe you use it up. You know what I mean? Some guys get hot. We just talked about Trent Grisham. He got hot at the right time. Got hot for two series. He got you there. And I know he stunk in the NLCS. But he did do his part by helping you in the first two rounds. So you needed other guys to step up. Unfortunately, especially on the pitching side, weren't able to do that. Um, and it, it stings. Um, it really does. I, w I was devastated. 
uh, yesterday. Not to mention the football team that I follow stinks too, but that's another podcast. Um, really rough. Really, really rough. I want to close out today's episode by just saying, once again, just an absolute delight, an absolute pleasure, an honor, a privilege to host this podcast and to cover this team. Um, I know that I am nothing in the big scheme of things. Uh, I am certainly not an online sensation, right? But it's still nice every now and then when people reach out and say, hey, I listened to this show. Shout out my guy Josh Landis. Reach out to me when we were at the Nationals Nationals game. Happened to be there. We took a picture. He said hi. Great guy. Shout out to my guy Josh. You know, uh, all the people that reach out. I mentioned Murdy. I mentioned a lot of people on this show. Uh, just There's a bunch of people who listen, and some people have sent really kind notes and saying, hey, you know, I've been listening since the, the, the pandemic season, right? I've been listening since 2020, and that genuinely does make me happy, especially as someone who's... Had a, had a little bit of a tough year, uh, for sure. Um, I've experienced what you mortals call anxiety issues for like the first time in my life, which is very odd, and I'm working on it, I'm doing a lot better, but still. Uh, and this team was kind of there. Um, even on the bad days. It's That's what's so fun about baseball, is it's always just kind of there. you know. Um, don't get me wrong, it has come to an end for us, and it's going to be really tough the next bunch of months, but... In general, that's what I love about sports is they can kind of just be there for you. And even if it's something for you to complain about, it's just kind of there for you. And in this case, I get to cover it for uh, like a career. You know what I mean? Like it's a thing I do. And again, I can't emphasize enough. This was a roller coaster fun season. And there's nothing to be, I'd say, miserable about. Right? Think about the Mets fans. Think about the Brewers fans. If there's a bunch of them that happen to listen to this podcast. That they're watching their team from first place give away their best players, right? Like there are a lot of other teams out there that have it worse. The Oakland A's and whatnot, the Yankees, the Yankees went out even worse, which assuming they're still losing, which it does look like they are, but man, I mean, it was still an incredible run. Remember the good memories, you know? And also, also, you know, remember the trade for Juan Soto. Remember that Tatis drama all year. And then you beat the Dodgers and the Mets. Remember the good stuff. Remember how fun the trade deadline was. And remember that clearly what this year showed you is that there is a commitment to this team. The attendance of the fans is helping that. I am sure Seidler, Preller, all this stuff, they're still going to be there. And they're still going to be a solid team, hopefully. And remember this. The Philadelphia Phillies, if there's one thing to take away from this, because I just mentioned we don't know what's going to happen with Martinez. We don't know exactly what the Soto extension. We got to see what happens with Tatis, Drury, Bell. Like you have some depth issues that clearly showed up by the fact that you didn't have a better thing to do in that last game than to have Trent Grisham bunt, right? Like the fact that you, that was your in your opinion, the Padres' opinion, the best course of action says a lack of depth, right? Clevenger and Mania, like what's going to... Here's the thing. Look at the Philadelphia Phillies. That team was spending a lot of money. And they barely had any way to maneuver. They did not have any prospects, almost at all. The only one they really had was Bryson Stott, who came into the came into the league and was whatever. Like he had some big hits for them, but not great, right? And instead, they said we got to find a way. Brandon Marsh, David Robertson, Noah Syndergaard. There are ways to build your team that aren't just superstars, and you can just hope that it goes right. In the case of the Padres, maybe next year they go out and get. Robbie Grossman, 
Just a name. I'm throwing it out there. It's just, I have no idea. They say, let's get this guy. Maybe he'll be okay. An average, right? Hassan Kim could be- get better. Look at the Phillies team and think to yourself, huh, they spent a lot of team. They kind of went all in. And then they still managed to kind of get some little chunks and pieces. Remember that for the offseason for not just hoping that it's only the big move that gets you far. Because it's not. It's not just the big move. That's my only uh, positive words to say. I'm trying to be as positive as possible, but uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. But again, thank you to everybody who listens. It was a blast covering this team now for the third season, which is wild to think about when the world first ended in 2020 to still be hosting this podcast. I remember what that was like and just had no idea that this team would, you know, coincidentally become incredible once I joined the fold, which, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but no, it was, it, it's, it was great. And uh, I thank you to everybody who listens. Um, and hopefully you tune in for the rest of the off season. Like I said, got to talk about Soto. Got to talk more about Mike Clevenger, Sean Mania, Nick Martinez. What trades are they going to do? What are the best off season free agents available? For the record, I hit on one of those, Tyler Anderson. I was pretty right on him, and even Alex Cobb. So remember, before we get there, though, remember, it's not only about the big moves. They're fun, but just remember, you got to keep going. You know, you got to stay faithful, and remember that this is a process. Yeah, I just talked about how many times the Dodgers have freaking lost, right? Eventually, it sort of went right for them in 2020, if everybody counts that. So keep that in mind. Don't be totally miserable this season still gave us a lot to be happy about a lot and who's a heck of a team at least it wasn't dodgers right at least wasn't the rockies that did us in or the giants right it was it was it was a phillies team that caught fire at the perfect time and that's just how these things shake out but remember the good times seriously because this was a really fun season that had a whole lot of craziness not quite as fun as 2020 in my opinion but it was wild because of all the roller coaster stuff. Oh, Tatis, Snell, Clevenger are hurt to start the season. Oh, here we go. And then it's like, oh, Darvish is back. Blake Snell kind of coming back. Oh my gosh, we're trading for Soda. Oh, Tatis is hurt. Oh my God, we beat the roller coasters are fun. That's my takeaway. But yeah, guys, tomorrow's episode. Don't know what I'm going to do just yet, but. Probably do more of a eulogy for the San Diego Padres. Everybody, be safe out there. Don't get into too many arguments with Dodger fans, as much as fun as it might be. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. You know you know the drill by now. You know what I'm saying? Just look up Lockdown Padres, go to a podcast, and you find it. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And then at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. And then Locked On Padres on YouTube. Until next time. And I emphasize until next time. Stay safe. And I must emphasize even more. Stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. It's a good season still. Until then. Take care. Come on, come on.